Welcome to the Knowledge Entrepreneurs Show, where we celebrate the innovators driving change in the education industry. At Edison OS, we've worked with over 500 knowledge entrepreneurs to turn their edtech ideas into profitable businesses. In today's episode of the Knowledge Entrepreneur Show, we have Dr. Nachiket Bhatia. Nachiket is a young and driven entrepreneur who believes in the power of technology, determination, and consistency. As the CEO of DBMCI, he pioneered e-learning in the medical field and transformed a bankrupt company into a remarkable 120 crore revenue business in just three years. Good afternoon, Dr. Nachiket. Welcome to the Knowledge Entrepreneur Show. Thank you so much for taking your valuable time out to be here with me today. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. Love, love, feeling very happy. <laughs> my pleasure, my pleasure, Dr. Nachiket. Dr. Nachiket, um, I've, uh, you know, done as much research as possible about you on the internet. Uh, you know, I've read your LinkedIn profile and I've seen, you know, I've read whatever you've had to write about yourself. But uh, if you can, in your own words, for the sake of a listeners, uh, walk us through your journey uh, up until the point you decided to get into education. Uh, I see that you've done your MBBS, but then you chose to uh, teach. So if you can walk us through that journey and, you know, what made you... Uh, take that decision of getting into education, I think that'll be a good starting point. So basically, uh, I'm an MBBS graduate and the business that I'm currently running is it's a family business. So, uh, what do you say that it's a, it's, when, when we say it's a family business, it always, you know, it's a president that says that it has gone through many ups and downs. So for me, I was inducted into my MBBS back in 2011. Right. At that particular point, my uh, it's it's a coaching initiative. We prepare doctors who are preparing for specialization exam. Just like Akash is there in ATUG. So we were the top most thing in 2010, 11, 12 in India, having like the majority students, no, no questions asked. We were the top most player. 2011, I entered into MBBS. Then there was this incident in 2013 and 14. I don't remember the exact date. Where, you know, there, there was there's a person coming from the competitor side as a salesperson. He entered into my room. I was a student there. So all my friends got around me. And we just started talking. Ki ye institute kaisa hai, wo institute kaisa hai. And then we got to Bhatia. So the person told me wo to band hone wala, that it is about to close. Oh. I thought he's just making a fool out of me. But somehow I felt something, you know, a weird energy from him. Couple of days again, I made some calls and I realized that, you know, that, that institute that I used to think that was on the peak, was on the verge of a breakdown right now. We were like some, you know, some wrong decisions from the management and everyone. The things were going steeply downhill. Into And then I decided I need to, you know, some what do you call the insider people, the right. trusted outside family members. So one of them told me, Sir, if you don't come now, the one you wait So when I entered, I found out that the students, you know, were leaving us in throngs. And in education, it's a very simple thing. If a single student leaves, he will destroy the next four generations for you. The next year, the student will not come to you. The next year, the student will not come to you. And the third, then the third year itself, the student will think, Achha, this is also a coaching institute. But the next two generations will be pure no. It's a bad reviewed institute. Right. So our franchise were leaving us in you know, bundles. 
students were decreasing like 30% every year and even if we had to get into the classes the negativity was super high in 1718 19 the company went through a 10 crore rupee loss face every year okay as a family business whatever my father had acquired in last 20 years of service i mean we were completely finished about to be bankrupt right and then in 2020 i decided to you know put everything on put everything on stake i had this house i put that on mortgage got a big loan big time loan and launched the edtech division of our company right and that edtech division egurukul which we call it yeah. basically anchored us out of the bankruptcy phase currently the business is doing 120 crores of revenue 30% ebitda positive and by god's grace we are teaching almost 65000 students the name is back in the market and things are going pretty pretty good currently awesome so that's the complete story got it got it nachke thank you uh, may i ask what what went wrong for it to you know uh, come down like that when you had to take over so normally this is what happens with every family business when the business starts growing up then the you know the management doesn't take the corporate step it okay right. the family things comes in between and there's always a big time you know inside asal there's always ego issues between faculty franchise and everyone right so you need to get professionals inside which we did not right okay right can you imagine like 40 people were handling a 100 crore business at that particular point of time right so that bubble had to break at any point of time right so that would happen simply stating got it okay currently like right now if we are doing 120 cr then we have at least 230 people 280 people in the ho and then at least 200 people on the ground managing the show right okay so i always believe that very simple mistakes can cost you heavily and i have gone through that phase got it nachke nachke you said you were doing your mbbs right and uh, then there was a situation where your family business was on the verge of closing now how did you manage to turn it around i mean uh, you don't have any mba background or any business administration background is it just that you grew up in a family of business did that help you naturally or uh, did you pick up any skills how did you manage to turn it around i think the you know like normally people talk about cartoons over dinner tables we should talk about business only in my on the, the dinner table Right. Okay, the whole family vacations were completely based on keep business. Me, kya chal raha hai? Business map kya hoga? So that's how I always knew that you know one day that I have to do business. Right. And when I entered it, also, it took me like four to five years to understand that I was a skillless buffoon. Okay, it it was not something that I got it changed myself in a single day or something. It took me four to five years, and I started working on myself only in eighteen and nineteen. Till right. that, I was just trying to manage everything, keep everybody together, and I was to be very. I was failing big time. Okay. Okay. I I was not a success. I managed to th- do things like decently, but not more than that. Okay. But when in eighteen and nineteen, I learned a couple of skills myself, like digital marketing, data analysis, finance. I understood that if you want to really grow up the business, then you need a skill which can anchor it up. And for me, it was digital marketing completely. I understood the complete scenario, and when we launched our tech division, you know, COVID happened suddenly. Right. At that particular point, we managed the whole show from here itself. 
and till till you don't know what you are doing anybody and everybody will make a fool out of you the digital marketing agencies charge you a huge sum of money but you are not giving them a complete kra you are not giving them a kpi you are not getting the results that you plan to achieve right it, it cultivates frustration inside you ki jab poch chahte hain pahunch nahi pa rahe so when i understood the whole show i understood that i could get the work done in half the cost with a twice the result and that would help me in like 6 months only we were generating at least 30 crores of sale completely digital right all right on it division so that's what actually inspired me to be i always believe that skills are the only thing which are you know which can really really help you in entrepreneurship or managing a business degrees always take a back seater got it you said uh, launching of the edtech division was the game changer for you and uh, did you launch the edtech division because of the lockdown and stuff like that or uh, the edtech came even before the pandemic Oh no! Just the right uh, step at the right moment. That's it. We we were pl- planning to launch it since 2019. We did oh, a failed okay. attempt in 2018. Then 2019, we you know got ourselves better. Then we launched it in 2019, and that's what happened. Got it. Can and you? COVID happened. It was accidental. Nothing to do with us. Right. It just helped the cause. It just helped the cause. You were ready for the right situation uh, at the right time. Yeah, but you also, uh, you know, tried in twenty eighteen and you failed. Uh, any learnings from there? Yes, that actually, you know, pushed me to get the skills myself. I was too much dependent on other people before that for everything. What exactly went wrong in twenty eighteen? Uh, why did the edtech launch fail? We were not prepared. You can call it the project was not streamlined. We were not having any kind of deadlines. We were just like a couple of people getting together. Okay, we do it. All right. How will it happen? No one knows. App will be made. No one knows. Just just something was done. Desperate attempt was done. So we thought we we'll, we should do it. Okay. And none of us were, were from a technical background. We we're just right. doctors getting together. So we were hardworking people with without a plan. In 2019, we actually got a plan, and that was the major difference. Got it. So in 2018, when you launched the edtech, you know, which didn't take off very well. Um, now, when it comes to online education, there are uh, multiple ways of doing it. One is you create courses and you sell the courses, which are recorded courses. One is you conduct live online classes, or another thing could be, you know, a hybrid model. You know, where you conduct live classes and then you also have uh, recorded courses. So, uh, what was your plan uh, at that point in time? Uh, you know what more did you do recorded courses recorded courses recorded courses. i plan was pretty clear that the record sell cheap recorded courses to the market and go through the masses right that was the plan got it did that plan change in 2019 uh no we just okay. got it a little bit more technically advanced we got the app to be more secure uh app to be More user friendly, a better UX, better UI. So that was the whole plan in two thousand nineteen. And at that particular point, the apps were not that much into circulation as well. You know, they were basic app, basic apps around. So hardly there was any reference today. We can call it eGuru is a very good reference for all the edtech apps out there. Okay, even today you are uh, in the course model. There is no live training model as such. There is a live training also. There is a live training also, but that came in two thousand twenty because of COVID. Right, right. right. It was a COVID-oriented product. 
Right. Okay, but e-gurukul in itself was always considered to be a required product only. Got it. So the pandemic forced you to do live classes in addition to yes. the recorded courses. And uh, the moment we talk about uh, online live classes, you know, there is this whole talk about the infrastructure needed, right? In terms of tech, you need, say, people refer to Zoom or, you know, there are a lot of other things. What was your strategy? Did you go to Zoom or did you build stuff in-house? No, we built our own stuff inside completely, you know, user-friendly completely made by us we use the exo player okay and post that we use video cipher to keep to maintain the recordings and everything this is the basic things that we did also we designed the product as if if a student is going through it he or she should be able to be it was not basic like a general product first when we made the product it was to keep medical specific right and then we diversified into other fields right now we are for example, doing for doctors, then we are doing it for dentists. We plan to do it for more things like Ayush, nursing and everybody. Got so it. now our app is a very, very, uh, what you can, any person who wants to study, he or she can utilize our app. So our plans are to make it in various other fields as well. Got it. Nachiket, uh, you said, you know, in 2018, um, whatever you wanted to do did not take off because you didn't have professionals, nor did you have skills. In 2019, you upskilled yourself and you must have probably outsourced your digital marketing in 2018 and you must have probably realized that nothing is working and you must have gotten yourself. What were your biggest learning as far as digital marketing was concerned? You know, uh, What were the things that you believed were true but turned out to be complete myths and false in 2019? I think in 2018, the lack of planning that I had was the biggest source of frustration for me. Okay. Okay, you think, because there was no KPIs that we could have given it to them. So what happened was that, video viral. What is the definition of viral? It can be 10 views, it can be 10,000 views, it can be 1 million views. Right. So in that time, our, our frustration was always that, why could it, could it not have been better? Right. Okay, we did not know the limits of what could have been done. So in 2019, we made KPIs that, okay, if we start the business, that this is the thing that we are eyeing for. This is our target. If we get to this target, then it's a moment of achievement, a moment of celebration rather than frustration. Okay. A very simple, you know, uh, what do you call a very simple change of approach helped us be better in that. And of course, when you, when you're happy inside, everything feels good for you. Right. So in 18 and 19, the 18, the frustration was super like high for me. Everything that I did, I, I, I was always frustrated. Even that product that we did, you know, although it was a failed product, but it was a profitable product. Okay. Okay. We, we were not in a loss. Okay. It gave us a good profit itself. But for us, it was a failed product because the highs that we had thought, that, that did not happen. Right. Right. Okay, so this was what, what I would call a very big blunder from our side, which we actually rectified in 2019. Got it. Despite being profitable, you're calling it failed because it didn't meet your expectations, basically, in exactly. terms of sales. Got it. And the only, so you still outsourced in 2018 also, you outsourced in 2019 also, but then you were able to direct the vendors. No, in 2019, company. it was in-house. 2019, 2021, it was completely in-house. The entire digital marketing yes. team was in-house and that was headed by you yes 
Okay. Uh, so how did you go about building the team for digital marketing? Uh, you know, uh, in terms of hiring, in terms of, you know, what are the roles that you split your team into? Basically, you know, one person for ads, one person for Facebook and, uh, you know, posting and everything. One person for user engagement, one person to manage work, one person for SEO. That's how we basically manage the whole team. No, there's always a problem in the start when you're building something. But once right. things get into the motion, then automatically everything starts happening. It's not a big problem. Got it. And you started off directly with paid marketing. It was not organic to start off. No, no, it was always organic. When 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 the first things are organic, then the paid actually gives you result. Got it. And uh, what is uh, what are the social media platforms that you're majorly present as far as India is concerned? Instagram and YouTube. Oh, not Facebook. Facebook has doesn't have that kind of engagement anymore. We do things on Facebook, you know, it's traditional. But Instagram and uh, YouTube are the two main sources right now. Got it. Uh, as far as, so if you have to take a split, say, between organic and paid, is there even a comparison? Or, you know, majority of your ads, now that you're established, majority of your sales comes from paid ads itself. Paid ads do have their own advantages. See, paid ads do have their own advantages because Facebook and Instagram, they have basically stopped promoting organically. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, their algo doesn't promote anything organically because, of course, they are into the revenue business also. Ads are their right. ma- major source of business. So if right. you really want things to grow organically, you need to work on your live presence, like Insta Live, YouTube Live, how many people you can get on these. They, right. th- those are your basic organic numbers. Got it. All right. If you are able to get those, like a thousand people can see you live, then those thousand people are your prospective buyers sitting in front of you. You can sell anything right. to them. Right. Otherwise, you have to depend upon the paid ads and everything. Got it. And uh, today, now that you're, you know, settled, what are the challenges as far as tech you still do face in DBMCI? Challenges of tech are always ever increasing with the new you know we are we are not an investor funded company so that is always a a pro and a con the con is that the people demand what they see in the market if they see an app like a super app like an academy they demanded that your app would have this now (laughs) you don't have that kind of money to pour into like you know every every small feature the pro is that you learn how to make profit okay if you're not an investor fund company, you get to know okay that okay. I know I, I have distributed pamphlets outside exam centers. I know not a single employee of mine can actually make a fool out of me. I know the importance that a fifty pesa pamphlet can get you at least a fifty thousand rupee admission. I know how to get it. All right. So this is this is the advantage of being a non-investor funded company and the tech is always a challenge where you think that if you have more money, you can always do better things. Still there. And uh, how do you handle these objections, you know, when students come, you know, these days students are, they know, they do crazy market research. And when they come and talk to you, they always talk about other products, what's better, what's not and stuff. How do you handle these objections? So basically, I give every student of Bhatia my personal WhatsApp number. So I tell them I'm the main customer care agent and they can talk to me. So I tell them and I, I, I always, you know, I, I am very honest with them. 
So I tell them I'm not an investor funded company. That's why I do not have this feature. But the basics that are required for them to study, that I'm providing. So many a times they understand. Okay, it's, it's a basic human nature. And one person who does not understand, who wants their money back, it's a, it's a simple money back from our side. We, we can't stop your education just because you're, if you're not happy with us. Better be, better go learn somewhere else where you are happy. That's a simple philosophy. Got it. Got it, Nachiket. Uh, Nachiket, as of now, uh, you know, it's been since your transformation from 2020, it's been about three years now. Uh, are you back to classroom training or are you going completely online? No, no, absolutely. Our major business right now, 60% is coming from classroom training. Oh, right. Yeah, so there are, is still demand for classroom oh, training. The demand is actually higher for classroom te- teaching right now. We have made the okay. highest number of batches in our 27 years of history this year. Okay, got it. Uh, but in terms of... Uh, so, I understand that you need to cater to whatever the students want. Obviously, the students want to come to classroom and learn. Mm. Uh, but uh, in terms of your efforts and overheads and stuff, if it's going online, it's going to be way more easier for you, probably in terms of efficiency. Have you... Do you strategize in terms of, you know, how to increase your online presence as well, purely online? We do. We have two separate divisions working in the same same company. One focuses completely online, one focuses on offline. And the whole point is Got that it. if you think about online, online is the only way to reach the last person on earth. All right. Offline is always right. limited right. because of distance, area and everything. Online is yeah. the way to reach the last student of earth. So online is always will exist. But offline right. has its own presence in the market. All right. Offline, the students who are like, who are really serious, who want their own dedication, you know, motivation in the classes. Offline always will have that kind of number and they will be coming to study with us. Online is a different game altogether. So we have a different strategy team for online who focuses completely how we can reach that last person how we can create a market ecosystem where the student should always come to Bhatia to learn from eGurukul. So we do keep working on that. Got it. And recorded courses, it's clear, you know, uh, it is. it just doesn't mingle with your classroom training or there is no overlap. But when it comes to live interactive classes mm-hmm. online, uh, do you have a separate uh, division for that or do you stream your live classes itself for online students? No, well? it's a third division that's working. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And uh, in your in your journey, you know, where you turned around your, uh, your business from almost closing to the point where you're making 120 crore revenue, you know, if you have to share to aspiring entrepreneurs uh, some of the lessons that you learned, you know, what would those be? Upskill yourself as much as you can. Because here, nobody is going to come to... Nobody is coming for you. Nobody is there for you. Nobody cares for you. All right, you have to motivate yourself every day. I mean, I have days where I feel demoted, demotivated, completely useless. And you have to decide how to motivate yourself. You have to decide what makes you happy. And don't shy away from having grand dreams. I mean, my biggest motivation is that I want to buy a new car every year. So right. I work... So that I can buy that car. Might sound childish, might sound selfish, but it is there. All right. If you plan to be, I mean, I don't know how it is, but you need to have dreams. 
if you are a businessman you need to have dreams where you can change the world where you can do something which nobody can ever imagine the whole ideation should never be to make the money it should be to change the world because if you can do that money will follow you all around it's not going anywhere and third i mean your finances should be your biggest asset your financial knowledge should be your best skill because nobody is going to care about your finances it is in your hands and you have to manage those aur jugad aana chahiye if you are that jugadu kind i i believe that you can do anything in this whole world so i always believe these are the few things that every entrepreneur should know got it since you spoke about finances right you said there was a situation where you mortgaged your house yeah and uh, you can't do such things without the support of your family and the close ones right and also there is an element of risk yeah, my family was super, my, my family was super against it wow okay so you believed that uh, you didn't have any doubt that you know things might go south you or was it that did you have a backup plan if things did not go according no to no backup you? plan no other thing it was the only thing i knew uh so nachiket we were talking about the time when you mortgaged your house right um your family i thought you're going to say oh, the, your whole family was supportive of your action but then later i realized you said they were against yours how did you uh, you know what did you con- uh, convince them for that decision they were they were not wrong on their part you know a young a young reckless person is telling them to mortgage kar do apna ghar so imagine that kind of stupidity happening so even if my son tells me that i would have shut up and fuck off <laughs> i would say that thing to him right they were not wrong they were coming to me because you know we were at a very down at a very bad stage at that particular point that house was everything that we had right so at that particular point even my chacha told me that tu pagal hai that what you are doing right now is very wrong which i understood that it was if you ask me right now to correct step right. what they were doing i was a reckless one. right so now i have a success story but that doesn't make it a right step at that particular point right <laughs> so <clears throat> i had no backup plan i had nothing it it's just like this was the only work that i thought i could do for the last 6 7 years i was doing this thing only it was the skill that i had it was just that brand name that business that we were running <clears throat> so i only knew i only knew how to work on that right so if you ask me <clears throat> if it was a reckless move i would say it was a big reckless move for my my side so it is a risk that worked out luckily for you That's absolutely absolutely got it and nachiket uh, when you uh, came back and when you tried resetting things and of course it did take off well right um, you said digital marketing was one of the most important things from a product perspective were there any changes that you had to bring about was a product outdated when you came in did you make changes to those things as well to be very frank the product was too much diversified when i entered all okay. right the management in the ho was not holding much power i wouldn't say power the basic rights to do things you know we were into franchise business which was spread across the country right so the whole thing was that <clears throat> the whole thing was that uh, when i entered into the business it took me 8 to 9 years to actually understand everything that was happening you know there was there too much too many traditions that were going on right and finally when we entered into the tech business we managed to get everything on one single board one single table Right. So after then, 
getting the company to flow in the same stream was easier. Otherwise, it was 10 different minds looking in 10 different directions and I was the one trying to manage them all. You know, after a while, it gets very tough to get everybody together. Got it. So that was a difference that EdTech actually made. Got it. So if they were, let's say they were focusing on 10 different things, you had to choose one thing to focus on, right? That was again a bet that you had to make. What was that bet you made? Uh, what did you decide to leave out? I won't say that I had to leave out something. It was basically that everybody was focusing on protecting their own area. So we had different franchise partners. Or right, so everybody right, was right, trying right, to protect right. their own area and not the company. They got were right it. on their part. But you know, after EdTech, everybody got together to push the company forward. Right. They found a single focus. They found a purpose. Right. So this was a single thing which actually changed the whole ideology. It got from, you know, I to me, uh, sorry, ours and everything. This changed. Got it. Did this, did this impact your franchisee model? Oh, no. It made them better. Oh, okay. Now, I just have a doubt, uh, Nachiket. Now, you went... I understand when it comes to classroom training, your franchisee model, how it works is completely understandable. Now, when you go edtech, everything's online, correct? Students can yeah. go to your website and buy it online. So how do franchisees get this uh, share? You know, do you have affiliate links? Um, how do they, they get attributed to the sales that happen from your website? So basically, we have divided the area based on the franchise that they have taken. So okay. if there's a franchise, for example, Bhopal, then the Bhopal franchise would get the share of every EdTech product sold in that area. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So we are but, creating uh, this kind of ecosystem. putting any effort there, right? The franchise. No, they are putting the efforts there. So we are divided. If, you, if there's an indirect sale, there's a less share. But if there's a direct sale, then there's a higher share. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And uh, another thing that I wanted to ask you was... Uh, Sorry, I just lost my train of thought. One second. Yeah. So, uh, as an aspiring medical student today, right, MBBS was a huge thing, say, two decades back or three decades back. Even then, you know, somebody had to do a specialization in MD. Now, uh, today, uh, when I uh, go to Twitter, and especially the medicos talking, they say that, you know, until the age of 40, they are studying. And only after 40 years, they kind of get to specialize and uh, start a profession, start earning, start working. So uh, what would your advice be to today's aspiring uh, MBBS uh, people? What should they aim for? I mean, aim for the specialty, guys. Don't focus on the college. Aim for the speciality. If you get the speciality that you love, you will do wonderful in that particular uh, profession. Because don't focus on, even if you're from AIMS and you don't like the profession, you are not going to put your heart into it. And that's what is required. And right now, doing super speciality is a must now. Like five years back, doing PG was not necessary. Okay. I mean, 10 years back, doing PG was not necessary. Five years back, doing PG became necessary. And now doing super speciality will is a necessity. Before you think of doing a job, try studying as much as you can. Once you get into the job, then getting the books and sitting down together again becomes a difficult task. All right. So try to study as much as possible before you enter into the professional world. 
and you are in a wonderful profession guys so try to do some kind of charity you know i i i do this thing too i teach almost 1000 students every year completely free who are ews so if you can help out a person for free i think you are doing something good in the world apart from you know you are doing good in the world but that's something extra that's what i believe at you know for a doctor got it and mbbs journey roughly starts at the age of 18 19 years right and then five years and then specialization now you're telling super special uh, super specialization how at what age can a, a doctor aspirant you know achieve to settle down realistically with a super specialization a doctor can earn very well if any even if you get a plain mbbs all right a doctor tries to study more to be better at his profession to do better service to the people so a doctor can settle whenever he wants okay this is just a height of academic excellence which is never achieve which is like never satisfied you know you, you can never be satisfied with how good you are so this is a very personal opinion to everyone but i believe that if after pg you can very well go go and settle anywhere in the whole country god not chicken and uh, you said an important point you said don't choose don't go behind the reputation of an institute but you know go wherever you are able to specialize in the interest of yours uh whatever you are interested despite the reputation of the institute right today uh, what are the, what are some of the specializations that were not even in the scene 10 years back today it's the most sought after according to you see there are there are the traditional branches you know conventional branches medicine surgery which are always always in demand then we have radiology the top most one orthopedics dermatology but these days psm is one psm and psychiatry are taking a big time uh, sorry uh, can you please say what is psm psm is community medicine okay community medicine and psychiatry psychiatry i always feel that that it has a very good scope in the upcoming future right because people are looking for therapies multiple types and they are looking for some help so looking at how the mental you know people are getting to know about the mental uh, peace the mental distress they want to know more, they want to get themselves more educated on this thing and psychiatrists are doing pretty much good in the foreign countries as well as now in india so psychiatry is a very good upcoming branch so i think this, these are the major branches got it and uh, what do you have to say to uh, or rather what are the advantages or disadvantages of there are a group of people that go to russia especially russia to do their medicine right what's your take on that so that's an mbbs course that they do in russia and everything i think that's a different i think it's a good course it's not something bad basically i can't comment on this uh, comment on those courses okay but they do get to come back to india and be doctors yes they can very well come back to india give the fmg license examination and then practice medicine in india got it got it much okay and uh, as far as uh, the help that you offer pg students uh, in their super uh, specialty journey uh, what are the different courses that you are offering do you uh, have courses for all of the super specializations we are preparing our super specialty courses for uh, neat ss all right we are basically preparing for medicine and surgery specialties and okay. we will be launching them soon in a couple of months got it 
And when it comes to the medium of communication, right, the language used, uh, India is a country where there is uh, different languages. English is just one aspect. There's vernacular. Are you focusing on vernacular as well? If yes, how many languages are you in? We are focused majorly on English and the second medium we use is English. Okay. Do you have plans on going completely, say, totally Hindi or other languages? You don't even have that plan in the future. We are focusing on these two languages only. Got it, got it, Nachiket. Nachiket, uh, I think whatever I wanted to discuss with you, any questions that I had, I think I've put it in front of you. And thank you so much uh, for uh, Thank you so much, thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. This podcast is brought to you by Edison OS, a no-code edtech platform to operate an online education business. Knowledge entrepreneurs can use Edison OS to sell online courses from their own websites manage online masterclasses, launch mobile learning apps, sell online practice tests for competitive exams, run online learning communities, digitizing their offline tutoring business, use it as a learning management system, and a lot more cases in the domain of knowledge commerce.